so this is the 22nd December 2019 Sunday 556 p.m. and we are live I think so yep yeah. seems like it all right first things first what brings you to Latvia what are your impressions actually I came to Latvia because I want to explore the Baltic region you know like usually people they come to Europe they don't usually come to this part you know they they tend to go to Spain France Germany but there's something here that you know excite me so I thought like I should visit here what are your impressions all right for Riga actually I'm quite surprised because you know in Europe generally you can see like there's an old town everywhere but I like the old town in Riga because it looks like more colorful you know, like you, you get to see different tone of the you know on, on the building and that's really nice and apparently for me Riga is not as European as I feel you know like usually when I visit the other European country you know you tend to see like the big brand the big shopping malls and then you get to see like a lot of tourists that walk around but not in Latvia like Latvia for me comparatively looks livable you know like it's a good place to chill and relax like not so busy oh you, so you think Riga is not that busy as not busy compared to the other cities that I have been before this yeah so what were, what were the cities you've been before alright so I have been spending two weeks in Jordan so in Jordan I went to Aqaba I went to Amman I went to Petra like a few different places then I went to Germany I went to Greece and I came from Vilnius from yesterday yeah mm -hmm. I took a bus from Vilnius to here yesterday but of course uh, if we're comparing Vilnius Riga is much more crowded yeah fair enough fair enough yeah so you said you are an engineer yep so working as an engineer in Malaysia how's that boring really? <laughs> I don't hate my job but I don't love my job either you know just doing my work so what's it like? What do you do? How's, how's it going in Malaysia? Do you, actually, I work in oil and gas industry. What? Oil and gas. Oh, oil and gas? Yes. Actually, I work in the offshore platform. Great. So basically, my job is to, you know, like uh, after the subsurface, we call the geologists, they will identify where in Malaysia there's oil and gas, then our job is to get the oil and gas from there. Mm. So my job is basically install the equipment and component on the hole. So after they drill a hole, I will be installing, you know, temperature, flow meter, and then, you know, everything, the tube to transport the oil and gas back to the plant for processing. That's my job. So Malaysia is an oil-rich country. I wouldn't say it's a very oil-rich country, but our main income for Malaysia is oil and gas. We made a lot of money from oil and gas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, I think oil-rich country South Middle East might could be more, you know, more entitled to call oil-rich country compared to Malaysia. Which one benefits more? More the society, uh, let's say the Arabs or Malaysia? Arabs. Really? Yep. Because the thing is, you know that. What is it? Malaysia has a king, right? Um, we call it prime minister. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we we have a king system, but uh, you, the king is more like you know the something similar to UK. So they have a royal. But you have a king. Yeah, we have a king. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but usually the decision maker will be from our prime minister. All right, all right. Uh, I just, I just uh, thought that you guys still have a sort, sort of a kingdom. No, actually, the system in Malaysia is a bit. How to say? You know, we don't call it a king. We call it a sultan. Oh, even better. Yeah, sultan. Right. So in Malaysia, we have like thirteen states. So what? the uh, states, you know, thirteen thirteen main city. So we're saying Malaysia is a country, right? Yes. And then in the in Malaysia, we have thirteen states. Are they autonomous? Um, it's like different territory in Malaysia. Okay. So actually, each of the states are owned by a sultan. Yeah. Yes. Each of the state have their own sultan. So the king, nice. they, they will be rotating. You know, every three or five years, they will be changing the king. For the country, why? That's how the system. Works. I I I didn't really go through details, is, but is the next one related to the previous one? No, usually they will in uh they will take place. You know, maybe this this year could be you know the state A. The next uh the following three years could be the state B. You know, like they were doing the rotation system. So a guy could be a sultan in all of those thirteen. Yes. Municipalities. The, yes, the king will nice. be chosen from these thirteen states. So what does the sultan get? A harem of women. They they actually they are having their own. You call the palace. They get to stay in their own palace, and usually when there's things that happening in the state, so the public could you know voice their needs and their requirement to the sultan and to seek for their helps. Hmm. Yeah, so it's it's like you know you you seek for your own government to help you out, something like that. So. It's sort of a relic, a relic from the past. Does the sultan have also political power, or is it mostly in yeah? In certain way, they have the political power. At uh, if I'm not mistaken, the king of our country. So if let's like, say a criminal is sentenced to death, the king has the power to. Uh, you know, to remove the death sentence from him. Wait, saying which one? You said you there are thirteen the sultans. The the king. But there is a king also. So I like I told you right. There will be a leader of the country. The king, so called, will be choosing. But you call it sultan. No. Uh, what is the word in Malay? To simplify, he is the leader of the sultan. Let me just Wikipedia yeah. this. It sounds intriguing, but if I write king of Malaysia, something comes up. Ah, uh, Yang Dipatuan Agong. Yes, we call yeah, it. Yeah, why not Yang Dipatuan Agong? Sure. He who is made lord. Oh, really? The supreme head. Damn. So it's not a royal title, right? Yeah. So <laughs> you also can call him a king. Is it meant to be sort of uh, similar to a president? No. You have a president as well, as well. I think yes, we have our own president. I think the king. Dude, I think you have too much officials. It's getting crowded. Sultans, supreme heads, then prime minister, then president. No, we don't have president. We only have prime ministers. Oh, all right. Yeah. So this this one's the dude, right? Yeah, this is the current one. Oh wait a second. Malaysia is mostly what uh, Islamic? Yes, more than eighty percent is Islamic. How how did that come to be? What the, do you mean by the, the Malaysia, uh, an Asian country, uh, yeah. became uh, Muslim? How that? What? What was the history behind that? 
Okay, according to what I understand, so last time Malaysia there's a lot of natural resources, you know, like the tin, probably gold, and then you know, like so that's the Western people from UK, you know, from Portugal, they came and ruled the countries. So they need the manpower to, you know, to extract the natural resources. Mm. So they bring in the manpower from uh, Indonesia. That's where usually the Malays come from. And then there's the Chinese from China. Mm. And also there's the Indian from India. So they bring these people came to Malaysia and start to work over there. So I think that one happened probably in the early of 1900 years. And until now, after that, they start to settle down and they start to grow bigger and bigger. So that's where our that they were uh there's three main races in Malaysia currently which is Malay, Chinese and Indian. That's where it, the occupational requirement come from the past. But mostly it's dominant by Malay. Is Malay a separate ethnicity? Because uh, a Pakistani once told me that even though there was Pakistan and India and I think he said also Bangladesh. I'm not sure, but I think so. He said basically they are the same, the same ethnicity. Uh, I would say that they have the same. They are the same religion, like they they uh, mm. they believe Islam, but they are in Malaysia, so we call Malay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have Islam in China also, but you call it the you don't call it the. I thought I thought they uh, I thought they put uh, Muslims in the concentration camps in China. I somehow thought that China is quite against uh, Islam. Not particularly. Like I have been in China and I seen quite a few Muslim. Mm-hmm. And if you walk around the street in China, you can easily find some Muslim. They they call it a halal shop. Mm-hmm. You know the halal. Well, that that's that's their way. That's their type of culture, right? Yeah. No. Sort of. Halal is actually a certificate. That given to the purity, yeah. Right? yeah. So like how they kill the animal in mm. the yeah, in the Muslim way. Mm. So usually the Muslim they will have to dine. They prefer to dine in this uh, halal restaurant. Yeah, yeah, you can easily see it in China. So I think the Muslim is not treated badly over there. Really, because I remember seeing some thumbnail on YouTube or something like that. I think that one is not Muslim. That one is the people from Tibetan and also from. Well, Tibet is is uh, quite a long feud, right? Yeah, it's been going on since. Yeah. Uh, I I also not sure about, but I heard about sorry about that. Mm. So far, Muslim, I never heard of it yet, until you told me today. Okay, okay. Yeah. And Malaysia, how big is it in population-wise, territory-wise? What do I need to compare it to? <sighs> Have you been to the Netherlands? Yes. So, probably bigger, right? Yeah, I think we be bigger than Netherlands. Yeah. I think we have almost 50 million of population over there. Strong. Yeah, like 30, 30, 40 to 50, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then so far, it's quite a peaceful country for me, yeah. Which one? Am I wrong? Or was there some country in your neighborhood that in the past 10 years was overtaken by a military leader? No, not Malaysia. I think that one is Indonesia. Is it? But definitely not Malaysia. Okay. Okay. So you say all all good and dandy over there in yeah. Malaysia? 
But actually, there's a uh, actually four year. I think every we have this system that's similar to UK. So every five years, the public get to choose the the leader of their country. So usually, it goes to the party we call like you have like a democracy party, and then uh, we have like this long. We have this so called the Baris Barisan National. Hmm? Uh, it's it's actually the name of the party. Yeah. So there has been ruling Malaysia for quite a few years, probably I think more than fifty years since Malaysia was established. But uh, there's a there's a people. I mean, like the people in Malaysia, they are so get so used to the old kind of parties that been ruling them because they seen like corruptions and then they seen like you know like inefficiency in the current party. So they actually overthrown the last. Leader of the country and they change a new one. Mm-hmm. So the current one, uh, they call it uh, PKR. So they changed it to through the elections. Through the elections, yeah. Uh-huh. And you said they were the previous ones were ruling since the founding of Malaysia. Yes, the so founding. When, when was it? Nineteen fifty-seven. And what was before that? Uh, before that is uh, we are ruled by the. Uh, British. Oh, so that's why you have a similar system. Yes, it's so interesting, right? You have a sort of a British, British type of system. They also call the Prime Minister in British, and they also have their own royal family. Yeah, yeah, and then again, most of the population is Muslim. Yep. Yeah, and ethnically Asian. Yes, Asian. Yeah, what a mix, right? <laughs> Yeah, in fact, Malaysia is a very mixed culture country. Like you can see different type of people over there, and and we also have a lot of minority ethnic like Kadazan, and then Bidayo, and then Baba Nyonya. We have a lot of different different ethnic over there, but they are like of minority. Mm-hmm. But the main one is the one that I told you, the Chinese, Indian, and Malay. I think mostly I've heard of Malaysia when it comes to Formula One. Yep, and, and I would assume if you have Formula One races. Malaysia should be pretty rich. Uh, that's why I told you our main source of income is from oil and gas. Yeah. So our national oil company called Petronas. So he is the sponsor for the F one. Yeah, they sponsored all the research, everything, mm-hmm. and then the lubricant, the engine oil, the petrol, everything, and they always bring the F one to Malaysia. I think that's an annual event where they have the F one races over there. And does it benefit uh, the society? Mm, in the way that it gets more people to know our know about our country, like you also know about the F one in Malaysia, right? Mm. So I think that's actually benefit that it help us to establish a presence in the eyes of the world. I would say. Well, what I meant was actually whether or not the fact that a state owned company is uh, beneficial to the everyday working man in Malaysia do you get uh, I don't know higher pensions when you retire do you have uh, a, a quite a sophisticated healthcare system uh, yes in terms of healthcare in Malaysia as a Malaysian you can really get the cheap uh, medical medical I would say treatment in the hospital like as example my father who has a cholesterol problem so every two months that they have to you know get the cholesterol magazine can I be positively racist 
for a moment? Uh, a bit, yes. Uh, I thought Asians don't really get high cholesterol. I mean, like it happens nowadays, right? You know, you you never know what kind of food you are eating. You know, is it because person. is it because he eats uh, like a Western style diet? I know. Usually, people when they get old, their cholesterol problem just come. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Even with uh, local food. Yeah, because actually we eat quite a lot of you know meaty stuff. You know, the seafood, everything. Actually, they they think that seafood is a culprit for cholesterol. Seafood? Yeah. Sounds a little bit suspicious. Yeah, that that's how we believe. Usually, when you eat seafood, right, you tend to get the cholesterol. I thought you get cholesterol from fats. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, from mostly from cattle. Or oh, we eat a lot of cattle also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking about the cholesterol, so my dad have to get you know the medicine supply every two or three months, and every time he go to the public hospital, he probably pay less than five euro mm-hmm. to get the medicine supply. Well, in one way it's good, but on the other way, he's he's not really motivated to uh, change his diet, right? To not have to take medicine. Actually, I don't say that my... Okay, I have to put two things away. Okay, the first one, we never know what kind of disease we get, right? Sure. Yeah, so that's when we get certain kind of disease when we go to hospital, the public hospital. So we don't really have to pay a really high amount of uh, medical bill I would say and secondly it's in the way that how to say when we I mean like in Asian society or, or maybe in the person I know when they know that they have some kind of medical concern usually they will try to change their lifestyle mm. the medicine okay. is more like you know uh, mm. something to help them to get a better or efficient results yeah yep but one thing about our uh, one thing bad about what you mentioned is that because we have a lot of like uh, the helps and assistance from the government so usually certain kind of people they tend to get lazier you know like they can easily get scholarship to study you know when you have a newborn in your family usually you know the government will give some kind of assistance and then you know like education you will be covered and then Mm. even in medical is covered so there's also the argument going on in Malaysia that you know certain kind of people are getting lazy and lazy and you know when things happen something new the society doesn't grow as fast as it should be I would say because of the sponsorship from the government you are worried about being too comfortable yes they are being too comfortable and being to get used to you know when things happen there's always government helping them which is nice but you won't you won't be improving yourself right imagine that in, if you yeah. are in the country when you don't get the job the government paying for your yeah living yeah. unemployment yes yeah. and that in the so that the people would think that I get employed I get the same amount of what the government is paying for me so why should I be working it's a it's a logical argument yeah so you know <laughs> but it, the government won't pay you indefinitely they would pay you for so, some months and then you would have to go find another source of income um, but you get just lifetime unemployment benefits okay the lifetime unemployment benefit I would say that uh, hmm 
there's no black and white saying that there's a lifetime employment, but there's different different kind of assistance from the government. Mm. You know, like like say you have like probably if you have ten kids, probably ten of them get to study in the college and university paid by the government. Yeah, ten kids sounds a lot. Ah, uh, that's normal. Like you know, in in the Malay in Malaysia Malay society, I think the minimum. Children, I think in the family is five, at least five. What the, does that mean? That uh, people are getting married very early. Yeah, they marry usually after the the moment they graduate from the university. I would say like twenty three. Is it some something of a tradition or it's a, a norm. religious religious thing? Not really religious thing. It's a norm. So okay, I have to clarify that. That's why I told you have three. Uh, races right Malay, Indian and Chinese usually Chinese and Indian they tends to get married later probably at 28 to 32 this is the age where the Malay and the Indian uh, sorry the Chinese and the Indian get married but okay. usually for Malay they will get married as early as possible because and to to, to you, get to get a head start to get 10 children not really it's it's more like you know like it has been happening all this well you know like the family pressure and then the peer pressure you know like when everyone gets married at 22 so like pe- people will start asking when do you want to get married and you will start to get married i thought that was related more to to the previous times when they only lived for i don't know 45 years not really you see like in in the chinese chinese society usually last time they get married at 16 mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen nowadays because they are the sort of becoming uh, capitalists. They are, uh, I they're worried say, about their careers. Yeah, in terms of career, freedom, you know, the mindset change, you know, like, because for, I think the mindset play an important role. Like, if for us, you would think about if you get married, you have to pay for, you know, your kids, you have to pay for your wife, and then you have to get a house, you have to pay for your loan, your mortgage, everything. So, you know, people usually they get married later because they don't want this kind of responsibility. You know, like once you get married, you tend to lose a lot of freedom. You cannot, you know, you you can't just go travel whenever you want. You can't just spend money, you know, you have to save for your kids and your family. Oh, wait a second. But no, it should be also related to religion. If most of the the society is Muslim, I think Muslim uh, families are also many times big, right? It's it's sort of... uh, I think it's, it's related to, to the religious uh, yes. aspects. In the religious as, But I never heard that in Muslim, the religion asked them to get married earlier. I thought so, that they had to actually... That it was... Um, I, th- I think that uh, the unprotected sex was all, almost like a tenet for them. So it means once they get... Uh, Jiggy with it. It's a uh, another one. Yeah, probably that's that's one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds really really interesting. You know, in, in in usually if you don't get a partner or you couldn't find someone in your life, usually they will be a arranged marriage in Malaysia. You know, like the family they will introduce kids to each other. <clears throat> that's definitely something cultural, right? Because I've heard that about India. Yeah. It, it it does happen among my friends, you know, who don't get married at their 26, 27, their family do arrange marriage for them. 
which sounds a little bit awkward because then it means two people are meeting for the first time already to get married uh, they get to choose whether they are interested in each other and they want to continue or not it's, it's more like you know like we, we <laughs> I would say like it's, it's more like a real time dating apps you know like you, you see each other in mm. real time then after that you decide whether you're interested to continue or not yeah well sounds like it's effective for you guys Mm. If you if you are a fifty million country, but uh, for that's one only for Muslim society. Usually they practice that, and in fact, maybe you don't know for the Muslim in Malaysia, they can get four wife. They're allowed only to have... for the Muslims. Yes. Then I see the point why most of them are Muslim. Yeah, and then you it's it's easy for you to see ten kids in the family also. Oh well, our our the. Thought that you mean ten kids from one woman? Okay, from one woman, probably at least four to five. I would say. Yeah, still, still quite a lot these days. Yeah, but in in the in the capital or in the main city, usually you do, you don't see right really people get you know four four wife. Usually for the really rich family, they will get like two or three, or probably in the more suburban area that happens. And why do the why do the Muslims only do it? Why don't the Chinese and Malay people do it? I know Malay is Muslim. Well, but I mean the other ones who are not Muslim. It's stated in the law of our country. Yeah. But the so it's all almost like a discrimination. Not okay. Because if you are Muslim, you can do that. But if you're not Muslim, you cannot do that. Yeah. And one thing, even for non-Muslim, like probably for the Chinese or Indian, they, they don't really like, you know, they, it's not really uh, favorable things for the relationship to, uh, relationship to have a third party. No, usually they prefer to have, you know, one partner. Mm. Yeah. So probably, I don't know, like if, if you have more wife, you have to pay for more. Yeah, well, it definitely gets exp- more expensive. But I assume in Malaysia you have quite a lot of options then to actually establish yourself uh, in a in a certain career, I guess. Yeah, but so far there's there's no you know, I I didn't hear a lot of voices that they want to have more wife among the Chinese and Indian society yet. Just wait for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You never know what's happened, right? Because it seems to me that most of the society where you have internet and smartphones gets almost homogenous or at least culturally similar now nowadays you you see many people just doing the same thing and it doesn't really matter whether or not they are separate in in the territory religion they're just looking like this <laughs> all of them so it's it's a little bit common all right. Uh, that that's one of the beauty about Malaysia is you know like we have so many different culture and so many different races. We celebrate all the seasons together. You know we respect each other, but we would try not to interrupt or interfere each other. You know like you know, meaning that they also don't really mix. Mm, you have communities that are just specifically one type. No, we 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 how to say. If you are, for instance, Muslim, yeah, and you meet someone who is, let's say, Indian, yeah, are there any stigmas? No. If you want to make a family, you can make a family. That's why there's another term called mama. 
Hmm? Mama M A M A K. You can Google. What was that? It's a. It's actually the children from uh, Malay and Indian. All right. Yeah, they call M A M A K. M A M A K. Like this? Yeah. Mamak. Mamak. So. You just enter. See anything. <laughs> well. It just shows a lot of Indians making food. Okay, in, in Malaysia, usually we call Mama is a food store because they have to get used to Malaysian and Indian children, right? Yeah. <clears throat> These looks like look like Indian. Yeah, you, usually they looks like Indian. What like do this, this is the Malaysian society, the main one? Yeah. So these. Oh, wait, saying this is the Malaysian yeah, flag? No, this is Chinese, yeah, this is a Malaysian flag. This one? Yeah, this is a Malaysian flag. So why is it so similar to the American? I uh, know, um, it's similar but different, you know, America have different stars. Come on, man, you, you, you're you splitting hairs. But, but one I mean thing the stripes, I mean the, the, the colors, the, the rectangle even. How come? Uh, and I think the flags they copy each other, right? You know, <coughs> like with three colors, you know, different arrange. You know, you arrange black and then green, eh, black, yellow, red. Right, true yeah. that, true that. But still, the out the real form with the stripe, black and white stripes with a uh, uh, blue rectangle. Yes. Come on, man! Somebody has to copy. You know, last time I I don't know how it comes, but. Probably, you know, some ones they seen America flags and they try to do something similar. Because if Malaysia was uh, founded in 57, mm. it's, it sounds quite logical if, if they just uh, took an American flag. Because I would guess that Malaysia has good relations with America. Mm. Okay, this is complicated because right. currently, you know, because we are the Muslim country. So because of the terrorist issue, you know, the Muslim and between, yeah. Not, not those, I mean, wait a second. Most of the Malay, you said Malay are Muslims, yeah. right? So they look like Malaysian people. They don't look like Arab people, right? We are Muslim country for them. Look, mostly when people speak about uh, Islam, they just imagine some Arab looking dude, right? And you are not that, right? Yeah, Am I right? you have to know because I my my I have a lot of Muslim friends. Their name start with maybe probably Muhammad. Sure, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. So when they go, they want to go to US. There's always you know things happen. You know they they probably get their visa approved probably after two months, three months. There's a, a lot of checking on you know the right. background with All them. Right. Yeah. So the name and the religion is uh, suspicious, but then they see them. Oh, they're Asian. All right, fine. And there's still people who got rejected. Yeah, so well, I wouldn't say very good relationship, but for me personally, I get my visa with no issue because I think because the the name and the religion play a big part. And so, what was what was the reason you got easily through? I think because. I have a proper job and probably you know I don't I don't have any suspicious things that happened in the past. You know, as long as you give a valid reason why you want to visit US, you know, you have like a probably you have a job that you are not going there for a people people call it, you know like you try to 
smuggle into the country to try to get a job over there then probably they will, they will just you know get your visa approved wouldn't it be possible that Malaysia has a higher standard of living than America currently no really? uh, no how do you define the highest standard of living if you have a country and a system and a welfare uh, a logistic logistic system in place that allows you to have uh, families of five to ten children in the 21st century I would guess you have more wealth per capita mm. I would I would think just randomly uh, I would think that uh, on average Malaysians are have a higher education higher paid jobs and oh. more longevity okay uh, okay there's one thing to say about this for Malaysia it's a very good country to live I would say you know comparatively to other Asian country Malaysia is relatively not so expensive probably you can compare to Japan you compare to Singapore wait a second wait a second Japan I think they have they sell bananas for ten dollars yeah I, I mean like you crazy yes that's why you compare to Hong Kong Singapore like Malaysia mm. is a very livable country mm. but the thing is uh, the Malaysian they the salary increment over the years is a bit too low so the moment when I grad, which is like probably I'm I'm comparing you know five years interval. So five years ago, probably you the fresh grad they get like probably five to six hundred euro, mm. and after five years, probably they only increase to six hundred fifty euros. You know, like after five years of all the inflation, of all the prices increment, the and salary yeah the salary couldn't catch up with the inflation but you probably have low gas prices one of the reason if low gas prices and another reason is i think there's no a proper you know a proper system to manage how the employee should be paid according to the inflation and to the living standard of that specific time imagine that like you know you're probably paying one euro for the coffee now and after five years you're paying one uh one euro and fifty cent mm. but probably your salary on the increase from five hundred euro to five hundred twenty or five hundred thirty euros you know like things i'm drinking less coffee yeah i'm i'm, I'm just giving right. an example you know like things the inflation is happening too fast but the salary increment is a bit quite sad to see and that's why the the especially for the housing prices in Malaysia increased by almost hundred to two hundred percent over five years. Did you guys guys have the global financial crisis? Uh, okay, there's not a global financial crisis, but there's some things happened to Malaysia that causes our currency to drop a lot. Ten years ago. Uh, maybe six or seven years ago that's why people are so angry over the past ruling parties so there's actually you know this ruling party they are they are involved in some kind of scandal of you know like the they accuse the leader of the country during that time of you know uh, doing money laundering and stuff so uh, oh you had the um wasn't Malaysia involved with uh, some hedge fund scandal? Mm. Nice. 
Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, right. I think there was a a crazy Malaysian um, or sort of sort of hedge fund manager who went to America, and then he met Leonardo DiCaprio and all all sorts of celebrities, and I think he fu- uh, funded the movie Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, you know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh well, it was good for media. Yeah, right? you know, like <clears throat> and good for partying probably. Last time, you know, the I'm comparing the currency. So last time, one US dollar, you can get the, you know, the strongest time we can, the strongest South Malaysian one US, you can get like three Malaysian ringgit. Hmm. We use a ringgit there. So car at the moment, one dollar you can get like four point two, four point three Malaysian ringgit. So uh, I think due to that issue, there's a lot of investor that. L- lose faith in Malaysia so our economic actually slum a lot during that time and then you know like the housing price increase you know things happen you know the scandals got discovered by people so that's where people overthrown the current ruling parties and they decided to change a new one mm-hmm. yeah and then we are hoping best thing to happen what do you think of politics in general Okay, I have to say that politics in general there's uh, it's uh, very hard because in Malaysia we have like three different races, right? That one I'm to- telling mm-hmm. you. So usually what I'm sad is about the politics always play around with the races. Really? Yeah, you know like that's that's I mean like when you talk about the societies you know they are usually the minority of uh, of the Malaysian they don't get a better treatment as compared to the Muslim you know usually people will say that you know probably you get the scholarship if like say you have 10 places probably they will give it to the Muslim mm. regard, uh, yeah and then the rest they will you know they have this like quota system mm-hmm yeah. It's it's almost like in America affirmative action mm. just with the Muslims. Yeah, so it's it's very common to see that you know like for certain kids they scored really well in their exam, you know, they they having the flying colors in their examination but they don't get the the scholarship that they required to further study. But for some certain people even they don't get they score okay okay like not a really good results but they because of the quota they get to advance further yeah well I guess for the majority it's beneficial right how do you say about that the majority is beneficial well I don't know would you call Malaysia a democracy I guess not right uh, we technically call, not we call ourselves a democracy oh really Yeah. so in a democracy the majority rules so if the Muslims are the majority and they get the favorable treatment oh that's not fine. that's not democracy well, but the majority gets the favorable treatment. Okay. See? The majority gets to decide things. Yeah. You know, when things happen, you can get to vote. Mm-hmm. But when come to this kind of like medical system... Uh, okay, as example, uh, I'm talking about just now we talk about scholarship. Is it mean that, you know, like... Because, you know, for me, certain things you should be giving to certain party because of their ability and you don't want to waste money right 
Yeah, yeah. preferably no. Yeah. yeah, because we have been in Malaysia, we have been so inefficiency because we sp- we have been spending money in things that we shouldn't be spending. For instance, like I told you, like you you have a better person to educate and better person to invest, but because of the quota, you you want to invest certain. Oh, all right. Yeah, you know, for for but a you, country, but you still get an educated person. No. Oh, okay, I yeah, I I. From from my personal experience, I'm being seeing that people who get sponsored to study overseas, mm. but they don't score well, they fail the exam, so they are given the second chance and the the second chance, the third chance, the fifth, fourth chance. Uh-huh. So a five years education probably you know prolonged to six or seven years. Yeah, because of the inefficiency of the students who go study, you know the government actually have to spend more money because they want to make sure that you graduated. Mm-hmm. But why don't you use the resources to sponsor two different person? You know who are more capable. You know, you know who are more efficient in the study. So after you won't be wasting your money. That's that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. So race racist cut is the things that been happening everywhere. I would say no matter in which country, in which region. But the Muslim thing is not really racist, right? It's religious. Is race because it's, I'm talking about Malay, Chinese, and Indian now. I'm talking about the race now. Okay, you can call it the religion sees or what. If I don't get me wrong, but if I take a Malaysian person, a Malay person, and put it next to a Chinese person, could I tell the difference? Yeah, really. You just you just type Malay vs Chinese, then you will know the difference. Usually, they have a darker skin color. What? They darker? Have a, yeah. So Malay and Chinese and Chinese right. Chinese. <coughs> oh, it's a little bit tricky now. All right, you can see this picture. So she's Chinese. Yeah. And she's Malay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Malay look a little bit more tan. Yeah, they look a bit more tan, and this is Indian. Yeah, well, then yeah. that's the most obvious. Yeah, it's, it's actually, you you wouldn't have problem in, you know, di- differentiate between... Uh, these look all uh, Chinese. Oh, these are these all Chinese, yeah. Oh, all right, all right. Okay, you can see this one. Yeah, you know, those are Malay. This one? Yeah, and this one. You can see, like, they have a tan, okay. tan skin, right? Okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Least, least. See, Malaysia ranked eighth least miserable country. Yeah, I see, I I would say it's not a miserable country. It's quite a good. Pl- I I like my country. Yeah, sounds sounds very nice. But the even pop- even with all the uh, discrimination. Yeah, just just the politician. You know, they try to gain the votes, so they try to play all this card, which is quite hard. Sad to see. Sad. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something similar that in US, you know, like, you know, the Trump trying to play the white versus the, you know, they want to, you know. I don't think he tried to play. I think the... To gain the most vote. I think I think there was just a sort of, a, well, exaggeration of something he said about the Mexicans, right? Because uh, I, I don't remember him saying, uh, yeah, white, white, all okay, the way. He, I would say that he didn't... Probably he hint 
you know like a, a politician always know how to play the game right you know like he, he don't need to he's, he's not really a politician right yeah I mean it's far from it and now he's getting impeached yeah we never it's quite interesting to interesting to see what happened I don't know about America right but he definitely made politics great again yep yeah Oh yeah, in Malaysia, a uh, non-Muslim can never be a leader. Uh, the prime a, minister. A non-Muslim cannot be, but then it means you could have an Indian person. No. Wait, wait, wait. You can have an ethnically Indian person, and just uh, him becoming a Muslim, because uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, you can become Muslim just by stating, "Yeah, I'm Muslim now," or something like that. Yeah, just you can pretty convert. easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just need to marry the Muslim. Hmm? You just need to marry the Muslim. And in Malaysia, after you marry Wait the Muslim... Wait a second. Why, why, why you say you need to marry? I think you can become a Muslim just by proclaiming that you are now Muslim. No. That's I think so. I think so. That's why a lot of uh, uh, prisoners in, in America in the 60s, during the civil, uh, civil um, movement, just converted to Islam uh, during their prison stay. Okay, but for Malaysia, there's you couldn't self-proclaim. Ah, well, but I don't, don't I don't think you can uh, make up some other rules. I In, think I think the Quran just states whether or not you can become uh, Muslim. Mm. I haven't read the Quran. Okay, but that's what my impression was. No, in in Malaysia, it's true marriage. Only. Mm. Weird. So you know, there's a lot of other races, you know, try uh, converting to Muslim to get the benefits. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, good strategy. They, everyone get marriage because it makes it more believable, right? Not mm. if I would come to Malaysia and I would say to you, "I'm Muslim." How would you know better? Okay, usually in Malaysia, they will check on your identity card. It will be stated there that you are the Chinese or Malay or Indian. Well, if I show you my ID card, it'll just say and then Lat you, you, Latvian. And you also need there to have you also have to have a Mus uh, Islamic name. So after you converted to a Muslim, you yes. have an Islamic name. Oh yeah, well I guess then yeah yeah I guess that's true because because uh, uh, Muhammad Ali was Cassius Clay. Yeah, before converting, right? Then you have a certificate, everything you know that we register in your identity. <laughs> so, okay, so uh, when you tell me that you are the Muslim, I will trust. Okay, you are the Muslim. Mm -hmm. But when you want to get benefits because uh, you are a Muslim, so everything have to go through the system, checking all the stuff, right? Okay. So that that's where you need it. But generally, if you tell me that you are a Muslim, right? Okay, I I trust you. But mm -hmm. that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, at least some background checks are needed for sure. If you if you want to pay people money, yeah. So but, everything will be recorded. But even with that, I you say you I couldn't be uh, a leader in uh, Malaysia. Mm. You couldn't. Hmm. Do you need to be born in Malaysia, or could an Arab become a leader of Malaysia? A Malaysian Muslim. Malaysian-born Muslim. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know. It seems that so far it has played out well. Cause, yeah. Because it seems to me, if I'm not mistaken, Malaysia should be the best-off Islam country in the world. 
how do you define the best of Islam country? Just people having in general economic wealth, uh, freedoms, rights, everything. Because you are not Sharia, right? Uh, okay, recently Malaysia tried to promote sh- Sharia. Ooh, how how is that? Okay, going? but it, it needs to go through the voting, needs to go through mem- uh, you know the memorandum, everything. Yeah. So it's still in process. We we never know yet, you know, whether it's going to happen or not. But it sounds like it wouldn't be possible for you guys to get into that type of law if you are used to this type of twenty first century capitalism society. That's there, strange. There's still people that who promote thing because you know when you are so religious to your because that's your religion, right? Mm. The thought of your religion. So if you are the really really religious people, so I think that there's still quite a few parties that actually agreed with it. But before it can become a lot of country, you need to go through you know different processes, you know different of checking and also the voices to be taken. But Since last year, there has been voices saying that they want to reactivate the Sharia law. Wow, can you imagine somebody passing a law that bans uh, Wi-Fi? This is just unbelievable. Yeah. Even though some people would like to have such a thing, it sounds unbelievable that it could get done. Yeah, true. Yeah, so I don't think because I think if you want to have Sharia law, you would have to uh, abandon for Wi-Fi before that. No, just cutting internet in general. I think they try to promote the Sharia law because there's been a lot of you know unethical stuff that happening in Malaysia. You know, like people steal. You know, so you know the Sharia law, right? The moment when you steal, you have to chop off your head. Hmm. Yeah, you know, and then you'll be stoned to death if you you know you cheated on your wife or your husband. Well, it would be difficult to cheat if you have four wives, right? But you okay? Any things that has, like, say you met the girl hmm? with when you have a wife that you you haven't married that girl, hmm? you are considered cheating. I think uh, I think uh, Islam has some type of short term marriage agreement. Uh, no, that that's being used as a form of prostitution. I as far as far as I understand, that's something they do. Usually, I just to to avoid that criminal punishment thing. Just to say, yeah, yeah, we were married for those two hours. Okay, that's weird because in Malaysia usually it's either you get married or no. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I mean because there's a traditional type of marriage, just continuously, and then no. I, th- I think there was there was even a, a documentary about it. I don't know if it was Iran or something like that, but some type of Muslim country where they showed that they have a short term marriages. Which yeah. basically mean that it's just prostitution, and uh, legal prostitution, sort of you legalize the prostitution by being married for the while for the time. So far, that's haven't happened in Malaysia yet. That's still not not something that I heard in my society. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, it might be related to some specific uh, Islam laws or some traditions or cultures that are more related to the Arabs. Yeah, because sure. you know th- when the Muslim, I mean, like when the Islamic, they go to a different part of the world. You know, they, they tends to have different version and different kind of belief. Because before now, before now, I thought Turkey is the best Islam country. Sounds like uh, Mal- uh, Mal- Malaysia is. 
What what is what is the worst thing you could say about Malaysia, or its people, or its politics? Okay, one of the very common thing in Malaysia now nowadays is people are leaving. That's not a bad thing, right? A bad thing for the uh, countries. You know, the the people who leave are those who are really gifted who are really good in their academic who are really good in their career mm. but because of the politics that they don't get the chance to further you know advance their career or you know to mm-hmm. to have a life in the country so they move to other part of the world to get a better treatment they could have a nice living in Malaysia they just want a better one right they could mm. find work they could find you can find work but you don't get opportunity for what okay as example I would say we go back to the scholarship okay the government is not sponsoring you to study so be it yeah but there's a lot of other countries that will link open the door say that I, I pay for your scholarship I pay for your tuition fee I pay for your accommodation allowance come to my country study and work for me okay okay you do that what comes next you stay in that country yeah, after they grad, then they will just continue stay in that country and then work and get uh get the citizenship. And some of them just come back to Malaysia, right? Mm, some come back, but for the short while they left. Mm. Yeah, I I seen a few that my friend that came back, then they gone. Yeah, because you know, in term of career advancement, probably in the company when they want to elect, you know, a managerial role or probably a CEO or president. Yeah. They will sometimes they might they might be looking on your race again. They might not promote you because you are non-Muslim, because they want to have a Muslim majority country, and for you to get a license to work in Malaysia or for you to open the company in Malaysia, you need to have a Muslim title. It means that if you are the Chinese, you need to get a partner who is a Muslim to open a new company. Hmm. That's, that, that, I think I've heard that about uh, Saudi Arabia that's sort of, sort of similar that foreigners cannot actually do business they have to found companies and have a local Muslim yes. uh, partner so for my company so uh, talking about that in my company if you want to provide uh, services or you want to pro- uh, sell stuff, equipment anything to my company you need to have a registered company hmm. but this registered company need to be owned by Muslim or at least one of the partner is Muslim yeah hmm I tried to think where Malaysians could go where it's even better than Malaysia and all, the only place I could imagine would be maybe Australia yeah they go to Australia and some went to there's few go to Canada Oh damn, that's that's far. And Singapore, there's a lot. You know, easily they go to Singapore. Could I tell the difference between a Singaporean people uh, dude and a Malaysian dude? <laughs> you cannot. Really? We look the same. Okay. You know, basically Singapore is just across. Probably if you are in Johor, which is the uh, southernmost state in Malaysia, mm-hmm. probably you know you just cross a bridge and you will reach Singapore. Oh. And you can check but the that's Google. A, but that's another country, right? And Singapore is a country, but it's a very small country. But the current their passport is so strong; they rank the second best passport in the world. I think they are the top three. What does that mean? 
means that they can go any of the country, most of the country in the world without a visa. Ah, and Singapore is not Muslim then? No, not, it's a non-Muslim country. Oh, so what are they then? Uh, they are mostly Chinese. The Okay, last time before Malaysia is formed, we are called the Malay, Ma, Malaya Union. So there's the time where Singapore and Malaysia used to be one country. Oh, well, sounds logical. Yeah, yeah and after a few years, I think there's a, you know, a difference of opinion between the leaders, so they decided they, they should separate. Sounds like sounds like Korea. Uh, in a sense, uh, I, I I don't know how how to compare, but after that, you know, they just split and Malay, it become Malaysia and it become Singapore. Yeah, yeah, but we are so close to each other. And Malaysia is bigger, right? Yes, Malaysia and, is bigger. And but Singapore is more friendly to the Americans, right? Because Singapore is uh, wasn't AMD from uh, Singapore. Oh no, maybe maybe Taiwan, Taiwan, maybe Taiwan. But Singapore is friendly. Yeah, it's very confusing because if you if you would ask me, I would say Singapore, Malaysia, Taiwan. All of them are sort of related to China, and yet they are so economically Western. It's it's ridiculous. Malaysia is not really related to China. Is it not? Yeah, we are not really related to China. No, no, I mean historically and culturally Because you have Chinese people We have Chi- uh, right? Chinese, uh, China descendant I mean like uh, Chinese, they go everywhere Right, you know well, Not really everywhere, right? But uh, I, I, I think I know what you mean Yeah And didn't the Japanese claim That the Chinese just came from Japan? <laughs> Seriously, you compare the land size of China And you compare the land size of Japan No, but I, I think uh, Wasn't there the, the story that the Chinese hieroglyphs are basically just Japanese ones? Or was it vice versa, that the Japans came from China? Okay, for about that part, I couldn't comment, but i seen the word system in Japan. There's a lot of things that they reference from China. Oh. Yeah, if, if, you, if, if I go to Japan, sometimes I can... I, I haven't been to Japan, yeah. but when I look at the Japan movies or the Japan you know, titles, sometimes I can guess what they are trying to mean. Mm-hmm. Because certain words they reference from Chinese language. You know, All right. You know, you know, usually Japanese their their wording system is quite curvy, and then Chinese is more. Dude. Yeah. I just write Latin. Okay. I'm good with that. <laughs> it's funny that they still have those type of uh, hieroglyphs. You would you would think at one point in time they just get tired of it, because I've heard that, that even Chinese people don't really learn the whole alphabet. They just learn the most frequent used uh, symbols. Okay, in fact, for me nowadays, I'm still learning Chinese every day. Why? Because there's so many words. But why would you need to learn them? You just, you just, you just probably communicate. You still. Yeah. We uh, okay. Like you say. Somehow. If you want to communicate, you probably need that few thousands words for you to communicate. Yeah. But you know, for probably for. People who are into art and history, you know, they want to do poem, they want to do songwriting. So there's a lot of other words that makes the whole the whole sentence even more beautiful. Mm. You know, like in Chinese, probably angry, you can use different type of word. You can probably use like a ten to twenty different kind of combinations of words to make the same meanings but with a different tone. Okay. 
Yeah, you know, certain certain pronunciation of the words makes the sentence sounds nicer, you know, more interesting. Mm -hmm. And, and, yeah. Actually, I, it's, it's, I, I don't think that I can learn all the Chinese in my life. I'm, you know, every time when I look at the movie or I read the books, there's always a new, that, Sometimes there's a new words that I need to check the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. Malay is a separate country, right? Uh, I mean, language, right? Uh, Malay, is, yeah, Malay is a different language. We call the Malay language, but it's something similar to Indonesia. Okay. Yeah, but I think the because because the Malay come from Indonesia, they say last time, so there's a similarity between the two languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when when we go to places in Indonesia, we we also can understand what they are talking about, but probably you know the pronunciation and the slangs could be different. It's like how UK and the US speak English. Mm-hmm. I see. No, no, the different tone and the different pronunciation that they use. Yeah, well, the dialects are yeah. definitely almost almost always they are different when it when it's more than 200 kilometers apart i guess yeah <laughs> right yeah so how far have you traveled so uh, up to this point it sounds like you've been all over the world almost i have been traveled to i don't know probably 50 countries and what's the what's the reason behind that do you just like to travel okay all right so i start up with travels because i you know, you have been seeing all these famous places everywhere in the movies. So okay. you you just feel like, okay, you want to see this place, see this place. But over the years when I travel, I start to become a from a tourist to a traveler. Hmm. So, you know, like last time when I travel, I used to do like maybe five days, four days, or probably a week, the, the most hmm. travel to a country. But when I grow older and... I just feel like you know you want to slow down your steps you know you stay in the country for probably you you travel for four or five months you really experience the culture you know like that that it's like you know it's interesting for me to you know when you travel you get to meet the local people you get to speak about the culture okay. you know usually people travel they will just you know they get the tour tour guide you know they go to a place they go into the bus and the bus bring them to the attraction they go now take picture and then go back to the bus yes. go back hotels but I want to travel to know about the local culture, you know. So usually when I go to a new places, I like to find the people to talk about in the way that, you know, we exchange what is it about, like, you know, people get to know more about my country and I get to know more about the people who stay in that country. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I want to know more people and I want to know the different kind of the rhythm, the different kind of things that happening in my life. I want to know about the more more about the history of the world. You know, I the more I travel, the more I understand. You know what? The more I travel, the more I more cherish on my own life. You know, I, when I travel to places like, example, Bosnia, I just know about they are having a war back in the nineteen nineties, mm. when I was still happily you know living at as as a kid, while people are there are struggle for the wars. You know, this thing I will never know if I wouldn't have go to that country how did you pick to go to Bosnia okay I don't have a plan in my travel usually I will just look at the world map then I will say okay this place look interesting then I think that I should decide that I should go there 
It sounds expensive. Almost, almost just by happenstance. All right, this one. Now we start looking at the trips, tickets. Yes, but usually I will point pinpoint at the specific country that I want to go, and I will try map. to find the yes, and I will try to find the local airport. I mean, like the nearby airport that that can get the cheapest ticket. Mm. Then I will start to work my way into that country and to the nearby places. Was it also the the way you found the, the Baltics? No, I want to come to Baltics since few years back. Why? I know it. It just sounds mysterious to me. You know, like Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. You know, you never you never heard people usually travel to those places. You heard people travel to Germany, France. London, you know, UK or Spain or Greece, but you you seldom heard people flying to to this part of the European or probably your nearby country, Finland, Denmark. You know, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. always go there. But yeah. for Baltic, it's something that interesting. So you just want to be different. Okay, one thing is to be different, and th- I want to see things that people didn't tell you. If I go to Finland, I go to Denmark. I I probably I I know what is happening over there. You know, people have been sharing their travel photos, have been sharing their experience in that country. So, I have too much expectation on in that places, and I know I have the impression on what should I be seeing in that place. I like surprise. But the good kind of surprise. Yes, the good kind of surprise. No matter good or bad, you know, it's an experience. Would you? But you said you were in the Jordan. Wouldn't you if you go to Jordan? Wouldn't you expect some some civil war? No, I go. I, I the moment I choose Jordan because I want to visit Petra. The and, the and when it comes to the safety, did you make some uh, prior research that all is safe? No, I just go there. But Jordan had some problems, right? Recently, but, but that's what people talk about Jordan. When I go yeah. to Jordan, people are so nice. They are the nicest people I have been ever traveled. You know, like I I went to Jordan. You know, I just pass. Just example, when I go through, I walk on the street in the Jordan. No matter which city I go, you know, people just say hi to you. You know, the kids or people that's older or the teenage, they will, they will approach you and they will ask, uh, where do you come from? And they, you know, like they just say that welcome to their country. It might be related to the fact that you are different. Yes, probably they are different, but the same things when I in Germany or the same things when I come to Latvia or I go to Estonia, I'm different, right? Because my face. Yeah, yeah. But people don't do that to me. Yeah, well, because they respect your privacy. See? Okay, that could be okay. That's another way of saying it. And when in Jordan, you know, when I just pass by the bakery shop, hmm. then I'm I'm feel interested to look at what kind of bakery they are doing, and the owner just in, invite me in and give me the sample of all the bread that he's making. Without that's, asking me to buy, you know, that, that's good uh, salesmanship. Yeah, I would say that you know, people they do things that they don't expect you. He probably just looked to uh, at afar uh, and said, "Oh, look, there's a rich foreigner coming. Let's let's just try to get some samples out." Yeah, but but I've been staying there for two weeks and everything happened the same. You know, when I pass by or if I look at that food, you know, for probably more than five seconds, they will give me the food to eat. Did you buy something? No, I don't buy. And then they, they, sometimes uh, they, just, they just say that, just take it, and then they, they, con- they just walk away and then continue with their work. Hmm. That makes me feel a bit different, you know, like, I have been so get used to when I travel, people to be, you know, respect my privacy, who don't, who won't cross that border, but in Jordan, people, you know, they just being so friendly, you know, like, they, 
I think probably they don't have much tourists or maybe they are so exciting that there's people visiting their country. But generally, it's a very safe country. Jordan. Yeah, I have no problem. I even have a. I even drive in Jordan. What? Because in Jordan, the public transport is a bit hard. So from one place to the other is a bit inconvenient if you wouldn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I decided that I should rent a car to go to nearby cities. Mm-hmm. Then the peop, you know, the driver on the roads, the police, everything is fine. You know, when I driving in the big city, talking to people, everything is is safe. Where did you have the least safety, or at least the perceived Egypt? Egypt. But that's also a Muslim country. Yeah, that's why I say different. The Muslim in different country have a different, you know, behavior. Uh-huh. Yeah, in Egypt, I got scammed a lot. Scammed. Yeah. In fact, the police officer also asked money from me. For what? For whatever reason, like you know, I okay. And what? In which language did they speak to? English. Oh. So there's okay. I remember when I. Go, Leaving Egypt, so I went to the Cairo International Airport. Mm. So that's like you know I have been travel probably three months before I reach Egypt. So you know I have this, I have this you know behavior that I like to collect the magnets from different country. So magnets? yeah, so I have like you know a whole bag of magnets that I've been uh, collecting from different countries. So okay. when I go through the airport custom, yeah. the police ask me what is that. Bags and then I take out and then it's a magnet and they told me that I uh, magnet is not allowed in the airport. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, and then they and then I say so why that and then they say that if you want to bring in the magnet can then you have to pay. Uh-huh. you know, like you know, there's a lot of different ways that they want to get money out from your pockets. But how do you know that that's really a scam? Maybe they really just ask for payment for everyone who has magnets. But okay, first thing to be logical is a magnet, a band thing in anywhere of the. Earth. It's it's not even a weapon, or you know, it's 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 a common thing. It's a souvenir that you go to any country, you buy the magnet back from that country, and yeah. in which airport in the world that they will ban you from bringing souvenirs back. It's wow. it's not even a knife or an iron. It's probably you know a magnet mixed from plastic, mm-hmm. you know, with a uh, paper, with stones. All right, but. So did you refuse? Yeah, I refuse, and, and I start because I I've been scammed for five days in Egypt. You know, everyone approached you to ask for money, so I feel so exhausted that day. So I just shouting say that okay, ask your officer to see me right now mm-hmm. and tell me why I shouldn't bring my knife into the airport and please call my embassy. Yeah, and then they just say, oh go go go. In. They just let me go after I make noises. You know, ah. that time I I. I feel that a bit too daring when I think back now because the officer could have you know locked you up or whatever. But during that moment, I've been so exhausted and so desperate. You know, like even the police officer asked money from you. I just feel like I'm mentally stressed out, so I just shout in the airport. And then when people look at you, they just let you go. Probably means that uh, they are pretty poor. What? Poor is not an excuse for you to get money. You know. I think it is. I mean, like. That's that's. Pretty much the reason you you want to get money. Okay, you want to you okay. For any religion, especially, I mean, like everyone is poor. There's poor people everywhere. Is are they entitled to steal from you or they ask money from you? Not entitled, but it's logical. 
and you as a police officer you represent I mean like you're the police officer in the airport hmm? the international airport the main airport of that country and you represent the image of that country and you're doing such thing to a tourist here's the thing Egypt, Egypt is not really represented by anybody other than uh, pyramids right there's and camels there's one things that you know saddened me because you know when the tourists come to your places your main authority doing this kind of things to people who come to your country so are you trying to you know what kind of position you are putting your country in the eyes of other travelers you know like so people just go back and say no Egypt is a very worst country so no one's want to go to your place because you have this kind of dude they have the Egypt has the pyramids yeah of course, of course people will go there but do you feel your safety but, is being but safeguarded they don't, but they won't bring magnets that's for sure yeah one thing do you feel like you're being safeguarded because when you have things happen in a country police is usually the first person you should ask for help Oh, not in Egypt. Look, yes. I'm I'm suspicious of every Mediterranean country's police. Yeah, that that's one thing that feel like, you know, even you can't trust a police. So you you know, people they will just go there if only if they have a arranged tour guide. So, you know, normal people they don't usually travel alone to that place. Mm. That's what I try to say, you know, like a, a authority that should safeguard the public but it's actually trying to, you know, cheated on the public. I think that's. I think that's most of the countries. I think, uh, and probably, I mean, Malaysia probably has also corrupt officials and uh, policemen. All right, there's right? the corrupt official. Uh, I mean, like, you are correct. There's the corrupted police everywhere. But I'm talking about the first things that. I don't know how to say. Like it shouldn't be such a low level. Yes. You 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 know play place matter you know like not not at that specific place and that specific. I really think I really think that more, well you have been to way more countries than me but I kind of think that most countries are like that though. I mean, if you would go to for instance some South American. Okay, uh, I never been to South American. Colombian police. I'm not sure how they would play with you if they I, could send some option to get money from you. I think they might take it. Okay, so I, I, I heard about that in South America and probably in Nigeria, you know, the the custom that asks money from you. but you Nigeria? Know. Yeah. I don't know. I think, uh, well, if I would have to guess about Africa, I would have guessed, well, maybe besides South Africa, that Nigeria might be the safest place. I, I have not friend, to get scammed. I have a friend who works in Nigeria, so every time. Oh wait, saying not to get what? What am I saying? Not to get scammed. Of course, Nigeria is the place for scammers. That that's the famous Nigerian prince. Yeah, yeah, Nigeria and these places. Well, but see, that's the thing. Nigeria does scamming on a different level than Egypt, I guess. Yeah, because they have more sophistication. Yeah. In, in fact, before this, I have been staying in Germany Germany with uh, another host. Mm. He's an Egyptian. And even my that Egyptian host of mine who gave up his Egyptian passport, I want to get a German passport instead because he feels hopeless with his own country. Well, I guess when you, when you consider the, uh, the past 10 years for Egypt, yeah. it's not really nice. Right, because yeah. they overthrew their, I guess, president. Yeah, that you know, like when, when I think that my country is not so 
doing well, but I've seen even worse countries. So, you know, that's where, you know, travels that makes you learn more and more cherish on your own country, your own life, I would say. Yeah, the comparison. Yeah. You get to see different things. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Hong Kong uh, uh, riots? Actually, Hong Kong riots, there's a lot of, you know, conspiracy theories going about, you know, there's a theory, people saying that, you know, the US is, you know, handling this kind of riot and provoking this kind of riot behind because they have these trade wars between China. Yeah, I thought you you might say it's the Jews again. No, it's, it's because of the trade war, you know, they try to provoke things that happen in China, so they have more deals. And... Okay, to be honest, I'm a bit sad to see Hong Kong become like this. How to say? Before Hong Kong was being released from British government, it stated in black and white that they have, I think they have 50 years of independency from British, if I'm not mistaken. So after these 50 years of independency, uh, in the independent the rights have to go give back to China. Mm. So eventually, China will own Hong Kong. Really? It's just a matter of fact. It's just a matter of time that they want after... I think they have another 20 or 30 years before China will fully own back Hong Kong according yeah. to the agreement mm. when British releasing Hong Kong. Alright. But after these few years, uh, you know, people in the... You know, there's a social media spreading saying that, okay, when China takes your country, you wouldn't have, you know, freedom of speech. If you say something wrong, you will be, you know, you will be executing or you will be vanishing in the thin air. Sounds reasonable. And they just, they don't want to have the same fate that people are talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. like circulating in the internet. So I fully understand that Hong Kong, they have this kind of mindset they want to have their own authority they want to have their own power to rule their own country but for them they they are not wrong but according to the law and the agreement China doesn't make anything wrong it's just that why it happens at this particular point that this issue suddenly being brought up you know after 20 over years you know no one's Talking about you no know, China want to take a back about want to take back Hong Kong, you know, want to rule Hong Kong back. Like why at that particular point where trade war happens, this issue suddenly become a big thing. I thought it's because they wanted to uh, what's it called extradite some people from Hong Kong to mainland China, and that's what Hong Kong doesn't want. They don't. They want to uh, judge uh, in their own jurisdiction. That's one thing. And second thing, if I I just read through the internet, there's a lot of picture and video, you know, uh, you know, showing that you know the some U.S. official is you know meeting the Hong Kong leaders, you know, the opposition parties, and I don't know what they are talking about, but the theory is saying that you know the U.S. is funding this riot behind Hong Kong. They want to make things as big as possible. Yes, yes. That's why I like the America. Yeah. And one thing that America has been very unfair. Like, you know, when Hong Kong tried to do a riot and want to fight for their freedom, hmm. they go to their, you know, their 
they go through the official senate and you know in their forum they have been discussing and they are approving the law to protect hong kong but why not to other places you know like there have been mexican there have been south america so many riots that like, going on they have been in other country why only hong kong they support they don't bother about other places that's the money hong kong has much more money and also china what do you mean china you want to control you want to fight with china I don't know if they want to fight with China because China is a big market. Because China is rising too fast. You, too fast? Yeah. You look at the 5G now. Hmm? You look at 5G. What about it? The speed. You have heard about 3G, 4G and 5G, right? Yeah. So 5G is a transmission of the data speed. So whoever that own the copyright of 5G, you know, you get so much money. You, mm, you but know? Wasn't, but wasn't 5G meant... Because... Uh, there was always a talk all oh, 5G, 5G, but I think most of the application for 5G wasn't meant to be just for mobile surfing. It was mostly for some type of industrial yes. things, right? So, you know, if you own the copyright of 5Gs, how much money you can earn from the consequences business? Here's a, here's a funny thing. Uh, I remember reading a book about Chinese manufacturing and um, the author was describing his experience uh, while doing business in China and he said they don't operate as a normal business because they don't have to turn out a profit so he said that basically the Chinese economy is uh, a, is a big big uh, swindle because most of the companies that he dealt with were actually financially in ruins but I think he said that the government or at least the banks provided so much liquidity with credit, uh, cheap uh, credit that they didn't have to actually operate with a profit. They could still continue to work even the, even with losses. And so he, his main point was that it's a big scam, that the Chinese uh, tiger is actually a big scam because they don't compete fairly as, as a normal business would. They are f sort of state funded or they have cheap credit or yeah something like that yeah it probably be true but there's still you know like you know about this but why you still want to invest in china because mm, i think those people who invest in china still can find ways to make a capitalistic profit you know like there's been saying that if you enter china your technology will be stolen you know whatever you are doing now will be taken over by a chinese company because they don't really care about copyrights right my main point is you know this thing is happening in china and you make the decision to go in you have no one to blame i actually a couple of days ago i saw it on the joe rogan podcast that he said he knows somebody from in Google and that person said I guess to him that we had the decision to make either we go into China and uh, work with them or we don't go into China and China will just copy our, our our algorithm and our system so the the most sensical was to actually go in the market and work with them rather than just having them copy Google. Okay, this is a very sad part about China because, because you know, they, they are quite good in copying stuff. But, you know, you, you still see that there's a lot of big companies that goes in and after that they complain their technology being, being 
copied, you mm. know, being stolen. And then they go and complain. Yeah. And the new company go in, the new technology being stolen, and then new complaints filed out. You know, the the same cycle that going on and on and on. So it's either you just you just don't go in or you just don't sell anything to China. I think what they usually do is just have their research and development outside of China, but have their manufacturing in China. So yeah. it's well, even worse. They can do back engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, they at least you have some time in between, and the second is. Once they do their manufacturing, they can actually probably just establish some some branches off. So they have they just increase their options. I would I would guess. So it's beneficial for for them who go inside China. They can find opportunities and exploit them. To be frank, China is really a big market and a big opportunity for you to go in.、Mm. You get so much profit over there. But copyright is one thing that. You are right about.、Mm-hmm. It's it's the matter of how you want to protect your creation, your idea, your copyright. But it's hard. So probably you should just go in and sell off. You know, make a couple years of money when your new products, then you sell the copyrights to the local. Yeah, well, that that's the problem, right? If you want to have it in the long term, you might have difficulties. But if you have a a couple of year、uh, revenue stream. Yeah, it might be. It might be good. But in in fact, recently I see that the Chinese company recently they start to buy the copyright. You know, like you when they the ownership. Yeah, yeah well, when at at, at at least they play at a high level now. They are not、mm-hmm. like you know copyright. They buy and then they copy with full power. You know, like without violating the law.、Mm-hmm. So you know, you see, you can easily see like they they are buying every everything. You know, when they don't have this kind of. F- Technology they will buy from that country, and they don't have this. They will buy from that company. You know they will merge this, merge that.、Mm. That's I, that's I see their strategy now. They are trying, they are you know, buying the technology back instead. Instead,、yeah. like they pay you nothing. You know they are now buying. I'm just thinking about the、um, uh, about the riots and inst- instigations. That's actually what I like about America, that they, that they go into other countries, and actually fund counter revolutionaries. That they fund those type of reforms, revolutions. I kind of like it. You know this, the riot in Hong Kong. If not because of China, I don't think U.S. will even bother. How many riots has been going on in the whole world? Well, how but, many funding they actually do did to help out people? But Hong Kong is a special place, right? It's a special administrative territory. No, every country is special. No, no, I mean historically, because even the Hong Kong people don't consider them really、uh, themselves Chinese, right? They are sort of in between. But they are from the other. They are, they are being ruling by the UK, and it's not even America that rule them. So why America should interrupt into the family issue of other countries? Wouldn't you say that British American is sort of the same? Recently, you don't see. It. It's you know, it's like I how to say Hong Kong used to be a part of China because of the war, and then you know UK took over from them. 
You know, it's like you come to my house and then you you point a gun on my head and you take away my stuff. Wasn't China a British colony? For, no, for a long time. No, only diff- certain part. Hong Kong is one of the part. Yeah, it's like you come into my house, you point a gun on me, then you take away my water bottle. So after a few years, think that okay, I should give you back. Mm. But because because this bottle is with me for you know so many years, so that you know you you need a cooling period. So you only have a full ownership after thirty years, mm. and after that, you are telling me, and then America suddenly come in and say that no, it's not belong to you. No, how 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 does it possible? You know, when we go, you know why? Because the because the bottle says that they don't belong to the. Yes, they have they listen to the bottle. Okay, so history. Okay, this is the issue. Last time China used to, you know, they they get different. They they are they are one piece because you know they they have so many different part of China that made up a one China. Hmm. If let's say the issue of Hong Kong is being, I mean, like you know, if Hong Kong wins over this riot, you know, like they finally they are independent. What happens to the other places? When all of the places they start to say that I also want to be independent out from China, we want to get out from China. Yeah, next Shanghai. So, Yes, yeah, yeah. and then the whole China, the whole China would be falling apart, which wouldn't be that bad, because China is really big, and the whole thing, the economics, the economics things will be collapsed. You just, you just saw about UK that Brexit caused so many problems. You know, everything reshuffle. If really that's happened to China, I probably want China is even bigger than the whole Europe. What will be happening? So, well, nobody look when you talk about, for instance, Brexit. Nobody is well. Yes, it's a nuisance. Yes, it's uh, it's um, problematic in the short term, but in the long term, eh? No, because you see, nobody's really bothered. When it goes up, the job opportunities, the trading system, it will still go on. It no, will still go on. But if the European, like you are, you are from Paris, then your your factory is in UK. Yeah. So you have to bring everything out, right? Because that one is no longer belong to Europe. Because the trading will be late. Difficult latest. It probably will be the same. It's probably because mm. that's why they delayed, so they can actually exit with a deal. So the deal would be actually to just continue the uh, economic um, relations. But you, but if it's so easier, the the previous term of the prime minister would have achieved it, right? Hmm? If it's so easy, the the previous term of the prime minister from UK should have achieved, right? I think it's a matter of timing. Because uh, before that, you had a different ECB president, and you also had a different, oh man, what's it called, the president of the European Commission? I'm not sure, but basically Juncker, right? And now I think they are at the end. Uh, he was at his end for, for the term, so it's just people the the chairman's change, right? So. I think it's just timing. You have a more favorable time to get an agreement, and you have a less favorable time. And I think Margaret, uh, what what's what was her name, Margaret, you yeah. know the the previous prime minister of Britain. I think she had a less favorable time timing. An example for other people who wants to go to Europe, it will become another thing to reshuffle. Like my passport, I can go to European without visa. But because of the Brexit things is happening, so there's this Schengen area and there's a UK. You know, my passport, all the terms and condition has been revised again. 
and then you you for certain place you you need to apply for the visa for certain place you that you don't need visa need a visa now you know that everything has been it's sort of logical every couple of years there are major border shifts administrative shifts you had 2014 crimea getting into getting to russia administratively yeah, that's what i'm saying so last time i you know it's fluent no you are making things that less inefficient mm-hmm. for me okay everything things will change but you yeah. should you should do things that more efficient you know you mean with the borders no matter borders or what it's like you, you're talking about just now if the country is falling apart there's different state you know there's a things this one exit and then there's yeah. new one coming in yeah. so you you need to go through more processes nowadays last time you need to only go through one process but now you have to go through two three and then you need to revise second or third or fourth term it will make things less inefficient it's probably just a little bump on the road because i think 100 years ago it was even more difficult to get everywhere Yes, you are right. So why we want to go back to the previous one well, when you, when you are already on the smooth one now, or uh, probably you have you can. It's you, not even really smooth now. Okay, I would say there's problem, but we have to in we have to think about the way to make it smooth smoother, but not go backwards. Mm, but see, here's a here's a big difference. Uh, Britain was really concerned about uh, foreign immigrants, basically ruining their uh, country. Which is a le- legitimate concern for every country, and for Europe in general, it was the Syrian migration crisis, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 why it's important for for particular regions to actually feel that they are more in control, and maybe that outweighs their interests for smooth uh, economic transactions. Okay, you can talk that about for the European countries, but for China, just now you said that you want them to be, it's a good thing for them to free. No, I think it's um, I think uh, when you have big countries, it's really just a simulation because I don't know of any big big country that's really united as a country. It's it's just uh, every time you go to uh, I don't know. Let's say uh, Russia or or what would be uh, now uh, even Germany. Germany is also Germany is fairly big, but on a global scale, not enormous. And even they would like to have separate countries within themselves, right? Because they have the sixteen uh, lands, but most of them would like to be their own country. I mean, like who 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 wouldn't want to be their own country? Well, they are. I mean. When it comes to some some major political opinions, I think Latvia, for instance, would like to be more European Union than a separate country, because if you are a part of a bigger entity, you have more options, more security, all of that. But other places, yeah, other places would just like to, yeah, if I can do it alone, I would do it. And so it's, I think it's just a matter of time when it, when that actually happens. Because historically it was quite difficult to establish a, a, a separate administrative territory and all those things, but nowadays with with the technology that we have, I think you might in the future see just the world filled with uh, lots of Netherlands, right? Small countries, dense, populated, economically well 
established speaking their own languages or dialects because technically Dutch isn't even really a, a separate language I think it's just some t form of Ger Germanic it's a dialect yeah same with Austria it's just, it's just German with an accent probably and they are on, on a map separate countries separate governments but basically the culture is so similar the economic prosperity is so similar Everything's so similar, but separate countries and working together, uh, doing business with each other. So I would guess all, all, almost all of the world could be at one time just Austria and the Netherlands. But so far, I didn't see a good example yet. Like North Korea, South Korea, North Sudan, South Sudan. I don't know about Sudan, uh, North Korea, well... Well, it would be difficult to have uh, a good relationship for them if they are ideologically so much opposed. Yes. Even you, you don't talk about the North and South. Like sometimes probably, you know, people, like you say, you know, people from the Northern Latvia or the Southern Latvia, they, have a, they might have a different opinion. Latvia? Yeah. I, I don't know about this. Well, I mean, I, I get your point. Yeah. yeah, you know, like they have different thought, different mindset, different culture. Only the Easterners, yeah, because they are closer to Russia, and uh, they have Eastern Latvia is almost like a buffer zone. I mean, like the whole population in the world, you know, everyone have a different mindset. Everyone thinks differently. That's where the rules that brings them together to make things, you know, to prevent even messier things happen. Right? If not, why we need the rules? Of law, hmm. because there's nothing that can brings people together. You know, everyone behaves differently. They want to do different things. The things that you like might not be the things that I like. You know, I probably like this. You like that. Hmm. So that's where the rules, the regulations, everything comes in to prevent the society gone out of of control. That that's what I actually agree on. But what I may mean is that you could actually have. A comparison as a sort of objective comparison between those rules and at one point you could actually say, conclude that oh this set of rules is better than this and this country has a better policy than this country but one thing human beings are selfish hmm? you know I mean like the human is selfish everyone thinks that they are the best they have the better power, they have the better authority, they are in the better positions. I don't, I don't think North Koreans would think that they are better. Mm, probably not, but this superiority in the human beings always makes them think that they are the better human beings compared to the other and they want to rule the other party. That's why, you know, like from last time until now, the war's been going, you know, I take over your, your territories, you came to my place and overthrow my kingdom. Mm. That's where I don't know. It's people try to rule over each other. You know but, what I wanted to ask you about Malaysia, mm -hmm. uh, since you said that they are ethnically so diverse. What about Jews? That's I don't really see Jews over there. Because that would be a great sprinkle or a cherry on top. You have Muslim Asians and and Jews that could be I don't know Arab. That would be so funny. Arab-looking Jews. What, that would be really ironic. So far, no. There's no Jews. I don't... 
probably they don't travel far enough to our place yet. Hmm. Yeah, there's no so far. What are, what what are the most popular conspiracy theories in Malaysia about the world in general or the cosmos? No, we don't. They, people in Malaysia they don't really co- discuss about this kind of conspiracy. Even about politics, not. Mm, I everything we just go online and we read. You know, sometimes we discuss, but we we don't have a popular topics that going on in Malaysia. So when it comes to some uh, form of, I don't know, government policy, there are no voices that say, "Oh, this is just because some." Um, American imperialism is taking root. No, everything is more about revolving about Malaysians. Hmm. That's why I say that I I had a feeling that our people are more ignorant. They don't really care about what's happened in, in the other world. Really? Yeah. I'm I'm as a a very good example, you know, like they are so ignorant on what happens in the other mm-hmm. world, like you know, the Palestine and the Israel issue that happened in the past. Probably you ask ten of them. Probably eight or nine of them don't even know what is the difference between the Palestinian and Israel. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what is happening. So you know, they, because we have a very good life over there. You know, they don't really. And our history textbook only study about Malaysian history. I think it's even better to be that because yeah. you, you couldn't you couldn't learn possibly all the facts about the world. Yes, and then when you travel. That's why there's a lot of things that we are not taught and we we won't bother to know in our life. You know, people just go to work and get paid. Are there are there any countries that Malaysia envies? Usually, people will say Singapore because their currency is stronger. Mm-hmm. You no, know, probably one 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 euro you get like one point five Singapore dollar. Mm-hmm. And one euro, you get four point six Malaysian ringgit. So you know, people they are a bit. At... The non-Muslim in Malaysia is envy of Singaporean. Mm-hmm. And when you when there, there's this interesting things between Malaysia and Singapore is that the Singaporean always thought that they are a better nation compared to Malaysia because you know they have like this skyscraper they have this stronger currency and then mm. their passport can go, can give them to go to a lot of other places so you know like usually when Malaysian work in Singapore they usually that the story I heard is they get unfair treatment mm. they usually get a lower salary compared to to a local for the same amount of job and same for the same experience and same workload yeah yeah that's usually that what happened Then usually they say that the Singaporean is a uh, arrogant. You know, like they don't when you when you talk to them, like they will look at you as if you are you know someone that is not up to their bar. Mm. <laughs> so there's these things that happening between Malaysian and Singaporean because you know Malaysian always go to Singapore to work, so they feel like you know the job in Singapore is overtaken by Malaysian. <laughs> you know that that kind of. Things happen in Australia. They don't want to work in the farm because they feel like it's uh, tired, and then you know the farming job is a uh, long hour. Yeah. It's not interesting. So you know a lot of Asian go to there for work holiday, and then they now complaining the Asian mm-hmm. now taking over their job. Ah, yeah, something similar happened. Mm-hmm. And what about well, 
doesn't Mala do Malaysians make fun of other countries mm. or jokes? Usually, it's between Singapore and Malaysia. Really? Yeah, we we like to make fun of each other. Mm. Yeah, even I think Singapore they try to declare food court as their culture heritage culture. What? You know the food court. The food court. Yeah, food court is something like you know in the place there's a lot of different food truck. Okay. You know, selling the food yeah. and beverage. Yeah. So Singapore tried to register that one as their mm -hmm. heritage, in as their trademark. But in fact, it this thing is happening everywhere in Malaysia or even Thailand or Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. It's not something it's universal. But yeah. they try to register as a. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah, that, there's always this kind of thing that we like to say Singapore is a bit of uh, afraid to lose, so they want to say everything belongs to them. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like a good philosophy. Yeah. To be the winner. Yeah, they they like to be the winners. They like to proclaim everything belongs to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can I can relate to that. <laughs> Why not? All right. Anything else? No, that's all. We should we should, uh, we should mention. I think we we covered a lot of topics. So what what are you where are you going next after Latvia? I'm going to Tallinn. Tallinn. Did I pronounce correctly? Tallinn. Tallinn. Yes. Tallinn. Yeah. I'm going there tomorrow. And the trip back to home. Uh, when's that? Probably one weeks later. Ah. I've been I've been out for a month. Hmm? I've been out from my house for a month. Mm -hmm. So it's time to go back and start to earn money. Oh, so you are most of the time working to save up and then travel? Mm. Is that like a routine? No, I usually travel when I have the opportunities. And in fact, I did this travel because I just resigned from my previous job. But you have another job also yeah. lined up? Yeah, I have another job lined up. Look at you. Yeah, so the job will be commencing in two weeks time. Yeah. So I will probably going back next week to prepare for the new job. So what will you do? I will doing uh doing global sales. What? Global sales. What's that? So the international sales. So you will be not you will not drill you will not be drilling anymore. You will be selling. Mm -hmm. I'll be selling the equipment that drilling to or to to international companies. Yes. Probably to probably Saudi Aramco, Shell, Exxon, BP. Those will be my target customer. Does that mean more money for you? Mm, different role, I would say. It's not the money. I'm not sure because I never been in the this position. Usually, I'm the one that buying from the sales, and now I'm switching my role to be the one that selling to the customer. How did you decide to switch? I just get bored of my current job, so I want to do something different. Oh, and I want good. to switch side to see what is their, you know, I want to do both sides to see what is the challenges in both sides. Mm -hmm. And probably after four or five years, I might decide which role suit me the best. Whether I want to be the one that been spoon fit or I want to be the one that proposes a solution. Wouldn't it be reasonable to think that after you've been traveling for so long and so much and you've seen so much of the world that you become actually some type of global uh, businessman yourself I I would like to do that but I don't know how to start it 
I'm more get used to what I'm. Well, if you are talking about sales, you might as well be talking about marketing, yeah. and, and specifically digital marketing. Yeah, probably I need to learn about the marketing and the sales skill, and maybe in five years, I know the tricks. Probably I might do a. Do you, do you when you go to a, a, a new country? Do you uh, make a let's say Instagram post? So you're already doing marketing. Yeah, I'm doing Instagram posts. Yeah, so that that's already uh, marketing for you. Yes, I part time marketing currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just need to probably have I don't know, not necessarily a website, but at least some type of profile where people can follow you. Yes, if I they, do. If they want to know more, that's about it. Yeah. Do you use mainly Instagram or something else as well? Instagram. Mm-hmm. I use mainly Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would guess so because I've had here also people who literally make a living off of that by traveling to other countries, yeah. making posts, and I think one American said that. He makes the money when he goes to a specific event where the sponsor is the one who's actually paying him yeah. to go there. Yeah, so I'm not could, until that level yet. Well, yeah, but you could definitely be some type of Patronus digital traveler. It's not, the, it's not I think making money from Instagram is more the Western thing. I, I feel like the, most of them making a huge money. I don't know if uh, Chinese people use Instagram, but they definitely use some type of yeah. You know, they use their their own yeah their own kind of application. And that's the way I remember. I had recently a Chinese guy here, and I told him, I think Chinese will break once they start making pornography, because uh, they ha- they uh, I think on YouTube they showed some either documentary or something about a Chinese girl making enormous amounts of money in China just by doing webcam uh, stuff uh-huh. and the webcam stuff wasn't even really uh, nothing erotic right because it's uh, they don't allow any pornography right but it was sort of like dressing up doing I don't know, weird, some weird things right and and she was saying yeah oh she was like 20 just just really really young I said, yeah, well, that that's what I would like to do. That's That would be my career, right? A web, webcam model in China. And that, that's when I told him, look, if once, they, once they start figuring out how to get some pornography in between, it's over, man. Yeah. It, it, it will break. The dam will break. Because who, who would imagine that a 20-year-old just by dressing up on, in front of a webcam you, could you make a living, a real living? Social China. media is incredible, right? Out you of can... all out of all places, and in in Korea, I've heard that they have um, that it is popular for people to actually watch other people eat. Oh yes, yeah, I, I like it. But you also? I also like to see. You know. So what's what's the thing about it? Because you can't eat so much. What? Oh no, no! You probably mean those uh, extreme eating. Um, videos right yes yeah i, yeah. I like to see the extreme eating video all right yeah, yeah that's just that's just interesting but uh what i mean is that in korea it's sort of like um usual to just go and look other people uh just regular eating right you imagine we would have some soup for instance and just just looking how other people just eat their soup 
people are so boring. <laughs> or well, maybe some kind have some interest. Well, well I, I guess, but then again, I've, I feel like it's always been there. It's just that now the internet can actually show it. Yes. How actually humans the act and what they like to see. Because yes. who, who would have thought uh, that uh, so many people would like to see other people play games, for instance? It sounds so illogical, right? But then YouTube and show Twitch everything. and the, yeah, they just show. Oh no, people people like to see that. Internet changed our life so much. Yeah, yeah. In these twenty years, everything changed. All right, I think we've we've discussed plenty. <laughs> if you if you'll be uh, next time around in Latvia, let me know. Yeah, and maybe. we can we can get back at it. Pro- yeah, maybe you come to Malaysia. <laughs> it's pretty pretty far, right? Yeah, I have I have traveled here. It's very far. So it's not that far. How long does it take to actually get to this place? I think if you if we transit, probably fifteen hours. Mm. Yeah, with a transit. Yeah. Do any ships go there? Do what? Ships. Like cruise ships. Uh, we do... Mm, not so far, I think. Mm-hmm. Never that I heard. What's the climate like? 32 to 36. The night time we could go lowest 26. You mean all year? Yes. Nice. Daytime we can go as hot as probably 38, 39 degrees Celsius not bad and, and no earthquakes no tsunamis no but the thing is the weather in Malaysia is humid so you get sweat easily nah not when you're working so imagine you are wearing a working attires then you just go out for lunch you walk to the restaurant you'll be sweating the whole shirt is wet yeah 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 and then you then you, you walk back and then you go, become very sweaty again Mm. So in Malaysia, especially during the extreme weather, you know, you work in the office with the cold air conditioner, then you go out so hot, so people get sick easily. Uh-huh. Your body get hot and cold, hot and cold, and then you get wet. So usually we have this like flu season that suddenly everyone start to get flu mm-hmm. when the climate change. I see, I see. All right. Thank um. you. <laughs> Thank you. Let me just press a lot of stops. You're not 